Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at VetTeamTraining.com. Listen, I know this is a violent title. Your shitty behavior isn't who you are. And we're going to dive into that because there's a lot to unpack there. Basically, what I'm getting at is that we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Too often I hear from people, it's just who I am. That's why I act snarky. That's why I have a bad attitude. That's why I snap at people. That's why I go ahead and be honest all the time or tell the truth like it is because it's just who I am. The reality is, is your shitty behavior isn't who you just are. You're acting the way you are because you choose to act that way. So let's dive into emotional intelligence because it's important to understand and arguably is one of the most important things that you need to know how to do in order to be an effective human being on planet Earth. I often think that emotional intelligence is really something that should be a course starting in kindergarten, going into middle school, graduating from high school, and yes, even college level courses. Think about the last time you used geometry or trigonometry. Um, think about, you know, even some of the history that we learn. I understand that a lot of times those things seem important, but I can tell you a fact. I have never used trigonometry, never once in my entire life. It's not something that I used. And yet I spent an entire half of a school year on trigonometry and yet I do not use it. You know, the thing that I do every single day, I people every single day. What do I mean by I people? Well, that means I'm part of society and I have to interact with other people. I have to be a person. I have to communicate with other people. I do that every single day of my life. Trigonometry, never, but peopling every single day. So it's really important for us to understand not only about ourselves, but also about others. I was actually just lecturing for a veterinary group and someone asked the question. They were struggling with younger individuals at their hospital and it said they said, I really feel like they don't understand how to communicate with others. They don't understand how to manage their emotions. They don't understand how to deal with conflicts. And I said, you're 100% correct. That's very common for younger generations, but it's also very common for any age. We have individuals who are in their 30, 40, 50, 60s, 70s, all throughout their entire life who have yet to master how to communicate with people. And mastering is probably an extreme word because even though you might be a great communicator, at some point, Someone's going to throw you for a loop. Just when you thought you were excellent at communication, it's really going to to rock your core when you can't get along with someone or you think you're doing fine and you absolutely are not in the communication department. Younger generations do have it harder. And the reality to that is simply because they have less life experience. There isn't anything we can do about that because they're just simply younger. And it's not a bad thing. It just simply means they need to grow with their communication skills as they get older. The reality is, is I've had probably, I don't know, millions of conversations at this point in my career. And because I've worked in veterinary medicine for an established long period of time of overcoming on 25 years, I've gotten the opportunity to deal with many different conflicts. I've also dealt with a ton of clients yelling at me. I've managed a lot of difficult clients, a lot of difficult leaders, a lot of difficult employees. 
When you have someone who just entered the workforce, whether or not they be someone who's on the job trained or a brand new veterinarian or a brand new veterinary technician, they're young and they've never probably had that many clients yell at them. In fact, in your hospital, it might be the very first time that they get screamed at by a client and how they handle that it's basically just a free-for-all. No one's trained them or educated them on how to manage their emotions and their behavior in that situation. So when practice managers say to me, I don't understand, it's like they don't know how to communicate. They don't. They just don't have the life experience. But there's this little thing called emotional intelligence in which we can not only teach ourselves how to groom our communication skills, but we can also teach others. So just like we learn math problems, just like we learn how to place IV catheters or answer phones or check somebody out or ride a bike or or even performing surgery, we taught ourselves those skills. And so when we say emotional intelligence, people just think you have it or you don't. And that's not true. You can learn emotional intelligence. You can teach yourself a whole new skill set on communication. So let's dive into a little bit about emotional intelligence, but also how you need to own your own behavior because it's not just who you are. So let's dive into first two definitions, personality and behavior. Personality is something that you are born with. Innately, you may be an extroverted or an introverted person. Now, there are situations in life where you might pull your introverted self into an extroverted position. Um, or as an extrovert, there are times where you're going to want to be very introverted. But largely, who you are as a human being is based on your bringing up as well as your genetics. And so there's only so much we can do with your personality. But your personality and behavior are different. And so, you know, me having huge empathy, me being a kind person, me having a high sense of urgency and being high drive, those things innately make up my personality and they're unlikely to change throughout my lifetime. You may have some slight modifications to your personality, but honestly, it's the core of who you are. And the main core of who you are is, again, childhood upbringing and genetics and external factors as well. But then we have behavior, and behavior is very different. So behavior is driven by your personality, but it is something that you're cognizant of most of the time, though some people are clueless about their behavior, right? But it is something that you are doing and yes, it, it may be in response to your core personality, but it is something that can be changed and altered no matter the situation. And so this is really important to understand because when managers or leaders sit down and have conversations with employees, they often are told, well, that's just who I am. You are correct. I am a high drive border collie of a human being. That is who Amy Newfield is. If you ask any one of my friends, they will tell you I am high strung. I need to accomplish an awful lot. I'm go, go, go. I rarely sit down. And that is exactly who I am. Does that give me the right, though, to scream at a friend who's running five minutes late? No. Can I control my behavior? Yes. And this is really important to understand because my high sense of urgency and my I don't like to be late attitude 
it, it sometimes drives friends and family completely bonkers. Do I have the ability to respond in a different and more appropriate manner sometimes? A hundred percent. Do I have the ability to learn to relax? Yes, I do. Is it harder for me? A hundred percent harder for me than someone who comes with a personality where they're just a little bit more easygoing and more relaxed. Uh, they, they know how to relax more quickly than I do. But have I taken the time to learn about myself, learn how to relax, learn even how to slow down at times, learn how to think before I react, and learn how to go with the flow more than I used to? Oh yes, absolutely. And that is called altering your behavior, which every single person has control of, regardless of what your personality dictates. My personality is always going to dictate I have a high sense of urgency. It's probably a really good thing that I'm a VTS in emergency critical care. That's where I belong, 100%. I like high drive, adrenaline rush, go, 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 fast as you can. Like That is definitely the field that I resonate with the most. But do I have the ability to slow down, smell the flowers, relax a little bit, not get so high strung? Yes, because that's my behavior. So it's important that people understand the two. So let's dive into sort of that science of emotional intelligence. And it is a science. It's important for people to realize it's not wishy-washy. It's not, oh, I'm emotional. No, if you are emotional, you do not necessarily have good emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, again, your ability to understand truly who you are as a human being and to control your behavior appropriately and also understand those around you. It's a lot. That's a huge science when you think about it. So by definition, emotional intelligence is the term for all the feeling, the thinking, the learning, the problem solving, and decision making that we do as a human being. We have to ask ourselves, how well do we emotionally handle being human? And do we have the intelligence skills to understand, empathize, and communicate with all types of people? And that's a lot. So emotional intelligence starts with self-awareness, and I recognize that there's a varying scope of that. It's no different than people who are innately great at math or great at English or great at language skills. Some people start off with just being a little bit better and understand those things a little bit easier than others. So just like that, there are some people who start off with a little bit more emotional intelligence. Does it mean that they're experts in emotional intelligence? Oh, absolutely not. I don't know that anyone's an expert in emotional intelligence, Again, varying degrees of I really know a lot about it and other degrees of, oh, I don't really know that much about it. So even if you think you're great at it, you probably have some room to learn. The science of emotional intelligence is vast. Now, there's a couple of online self-awareness tests, and one of them is called the Internationally Accredited Training Center Neuro-Linguistic Programming. It's interesting because this particular test tests for a variety of things. One, it looks at your inner self. How well do you process feelings through seeing and hearing and feeling? It also looks at your personal paradigm. What's your worldview of things? What's your personal beliefs, both positive and negative? What are your life's values? How about your inner conflict? Are you fighting with yourself? Ooh, guilty, definitely I've fought with myself in the past. What is your stress and negativity treasure, triggers? This is really interesting because when you think about that, what triggers are you and how, and how do they affect your life? 
What about your inner parents? Oh, what the heck does that mean? So the reality is, is our childhood is very much an influence of who makes us up as a person, but it does not define us. So let be very clear that even if you've had a terrible childhood upbringing, while it may play some role, certainly in your personality, it doesn't define you who you are as a person. And so we have to accept our inner parents, but then we have to figure out how we're carrying them. And then we have to decide how we're going to manage our inner parents. We all have inner parents living inside our heads. What are our personal limitations? Um, we have to recognize we're not superhuman. Are you self-sabotaging? Uh, yeah, guilty. I have definitely been my own worst enemy. And really, what are your goals and how do you see your future? And so when we think about all of those things that this particular one test looks for, that's huge. Some of you may have been like, well, yeah, I checked off the boxes on life values and personal beliefs. But once we started talking about inner parents, woo, there's a lot to unpack there. But it's important we recognize what are we bringing in into our life from our past. And again, it doesn't define you. We have to work on those things at all times. So let's re realize one important thing. You can't control others. You can only control yourself. And so once you go ahead and recognize that I can only influence who I am as a human being, then you're going to be able to be on your way of being a more in emotionally intelligent human being. So let's talk about some ways to increase your emotional intelligence. There's no perfect proven way and there's different ways for everybody, but certainly just recognizing that this is a very important part of life, that we figure out how to manage our own emotions, but also how to interact with human beings. As much as we, again, went into this profession because we generally like animals better than we like people, there is a lot of peopling in veterinary medicine. And so one of the big things is recognize how you respond to conflict. Are you aggressive? Are you defensive? Are you an avoider? There are actually conflict style tests online. Go ahead and Google it. You can literally Google conflict style quiz and it will pop up with a variety of them. Most all of them kind of pigeonhole you into various types of conflict styles, but there's arguably about five types. And you're going to probably use more than one type. There are times where you might be an avoider, or one, you might be completely aggressive, or one, you might be very defensive. You might be a collaborator. So whatever this looks like for you, it's important to know your primary and maybe even secondary style. You can also go ahead and take a personality test. And I hear what you're saying. Those things are hogwash. Actually, they're very much rooted in science. And as much as I hate when someone says, Amy, you have to take a personality test, if you answer it honestly, it's actually going to tell a lot of things about yourself. And listen, it's not 100% correct. You have to look at it and take it in with a grain of salt, but also be genuinely honest with yourself. If it says you can be aggressive at times and all of a sudden you find yourself going, I can't be aggressive at times. That's ridiculous. Why would it say that? Do you see the, the contradiction there? <laughs> Obviously, you might be aggressive at times. So you have to recognize that what it says may be very well true. And I'm going to even throw this out there. After you take your personality test, find a friend that's going to be honest with you and say, 
I need you to look this over and give me your honest opinion. Is this really me? Because if you're struggling with what it's saying and it's saying, hey, I think you're X, Y, and Z and you're disagreeing with that, let's get to somebody who might be able to actually confirm or deny that that test is accurate. So go with someone who you can trust that's going to provide exact feedback. Another way to gain emotional intelligence is to just learn how to become a better active listener. This is really important. Emotionally intelligent people listen for clarity instead of waiting for their turn to speak. Ooh, guys, I got to tell you, this one has been something I've always worked on since I've really started diving into my own emotional intelligence. Making sure you understand what is said before you respond is really important. Really pay attention to the nonverbal cues. Look at the whole person, not just hearing what's coming out of their mouth. What are they doing with their body? Are they turned on or off by what you're saying? So really, it helps to prevent misunderstandings and just opens up better lines of communication. As a leader, here are my two sentences for all the leaders who are listening to this. When you have a teammate or you know someone on your team who comes to you with criticism, whether or not it be criticism of the team, of the hospital, or maybe your own leadership skills, I want you to take these two sentences down and then sear them into your memory. These two sentences are important because it gives you time to think and also gives you time to process the emotion of what they just said. So this person comes to you and they say to you, this hospital's falling apart, the culture sucks, you need to pay me more, this is ridiculous. Immediately, most leaders decide to go ahead and get defensive. What you're saying is ridiculous, I've tried to improve things, you're the problem, you're completely toxic, you're always so negative. Stop. Here's what emotional intelligence has you do instead. Again, here are the two sentences. The two sentences are, Thank you so much for your feedback. I need to think about what you just said. Ooh, guys, game changer, right? This is super important. I want you to think about those two sentences for anything, pretty much anything that comes to you with a conflict in life. It could be your spouse. It could be a friend. It's somebody who provides some sort of criticism to you about something or someone, and you need to stop and not react and say, thank you so much for your feedback. I need to think about what you just said. That's it. And now you need to think about it because thinking about it's really key. Thinking about it allows you to process your emotions, but also probably allows you to provide yourself a better, more appropriate response. You also need to learn how to practice ways of maintaining a positive attitude. So highly emotional, intelligent people have the ability to recognize that they've been in a foul mood, Maybe it's been going on for a little bit too long. And they also know how to get themselves out of that bad mood. That's a hard one. If you're struggling with with positive attitude and getting to that place for longer periods of time, then you need to figure out how to reshape your mind. So just like two plus two equals four, at some point in our life, we learn that. Just like, you know, 10 plus two equals 12. You can do those easy math equations because someone taught you math reshaping your mindset and providing and learning the tools that you need to switch away from negativity into positivity is something that can happen. Trust me on this. People, you have no idea. If you had met me in my much younger years, I was a very angry, very dark cloud individual, everything doom and gloom. And it took me a long time to figure out how to reshape my mindset. 
almost everybody at some point in life has experienced some sort of trauma that has pulled them into a dark place. Highly emotional, intelligent people realize I'm in a dark place. I don't want to stay in a dark place. I need to get myself out of that dark place. And then they work really hard. It's not easy. <laughs> Trust me, it's not easy pulling yourself out of those dark places, but it can be done. And as you learn how to do it, every time that life throws you some more shit, you have the ability to get yourself out much, much faster. So building tools and resources to drag yourself out of the depths of the negativity is really important. That's a highly emotional skill that everybody needs to happen. Practicing self-awareness is key. You know, a lot of times when people ask me how I'm doing, even if I'm not doing great, I'll go, I'm fine. I'm completely fine. And the reality is, is that when I think about how I'm really doing, maybe I'm not doing okay. And I don't want to tell somebody I'm not doing okay because I don't want to put my emotions on them, but also I'm a little guarded. Is that normal? It's probably not. And think about it. If somebody said to me, hey, how are you doing? And I said, today, I'm not doing that great. I'm really stressing out. I've got a lot going on. You worry about that response. The human being who's received this information, the only thing they have to say is, oh, I'm sorry to hear. That sounds very difficult. Do you have a good support system or do you have a way to, to help yourself? That's all. You don't have to solve their problem. You don't have to fix whatever it is. Or you can literally just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. That's it. That's all you have to do. And I think people innately feel like I've got to solve everyone's problems when they tell me they have a problem. Don't do that. Unless they ask for your help in solving the problem. If I said to you, eh, I'm not doing so great today, the answer goes, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Do you have somebody to help you? Or are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Okay, well, just know I'm here for you. Thanks. That's it. That's how most people are. Learning to take critique well. We kind of already talked about this one, but that's very important. Highly emotional people take that critique. They don't overly internalize it. Ooh, let me say that again. You don't overly internalize it. So there's plenty of people who take the critique and then they beat the crap out of themselves. They overanalyze it. They keep torturing themselves. And the reality is, is if they said what a friend would say to them, they know they're lying to themselves. Using self-talk is really important. It sounds like something that just crazy people do, but actually it's a sign of high emotional intelligence. If you can talk to yourself in a truthful manner, you are that much more better off than the people who cannot do that. So think about a time that you were down and out, that you know you, things just weren't going great. You were like, oh, I'm such a loser. Things, My life is falling apart. I've got nothing going for me. Pause. What would your best friend to say to you? Your best friend would say to you, you are amazing. This is just a small blip on the radar. Like, don't worry about what those other people think. Don't worry about that stupid social media post. You are absolutely fantastic. You've got this. And that's what they would say to you. So having high emotional intelligence means you have the ability to tell yourself your own truth and making sure that you would say exactly what your best friend would say to you. So what are some other ways of becoming emotionally intelligent? Well, certainly just watching videos on empathy skills understanding what emotional intelligence is. There are actual great courses. I want you to write down this website, U-D-E-M-Y, Udemy. 
U-D-E-M-Y. Check it out. It's a fantastic uh, open source continuing education platform. And there basically anyone can throw a course up there. The good news is this. There's plenty of courses on emotional intelligence that have 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 you know, ratings. And those ratings will help you to pick out the really good courses. And the other thing is they're usually very affordable, if not free courses. So definitely check out some amazing courses on emotional intelligence. You know, when somebody asked me again at this conference, like, how am I supposed to teach people about emotional intelligence? Honestly, the answer is bring someone in to educate the team. Have everyone read a journal article. Have someone read or watch a TED Talk. I love TED Talks. Check out the Udemy and find a course that everyone can pick. You know, attend a workshop. There are entire workshops on emotional intelligence. But you have to educate yourself. This isn't just a, I wave a magic wand and suddenly everybody has the best emotional intelligence skills. That's not how that works. You actually have to practice new skills to make them a habit. Some of the best social skills that we can develop, you can develop individual social skills just as a singular package, like influencing. How do you get someone to understand or maybe even change their own mind? There are entire courses on influencing others. Just having decent, solid communication skills. Again, this is emotional intelligence, guys. Like When we think about emotional intelligence, we think just about emotions. But it's really also about actual communication skills. Conflict management. How do you handle your emotions and how do you handle the emotions of others during a conflict? Ooh, do you have the ability to purposely build relationships? <gasps> yes, that's a big one, right? What about team member skills? I guarantee you, you have a better team when you have highly emotional, intelligent people on your team. Because when you see a doctor getting angry and upset and you can see them snap at the team, an emotionally intelligent individual will go up to that doctor and say, hey, you don't seem like yourself today. Is everything okay? And that doctor will respond with, yeah, you know what? I'm sorry I acted out. out. That, that's not like me, but I'm just so frustrated and I'm really struggling because we've been pulling all these extra shifts and I just feel like we're not feeling appreciated. And the person will respond with, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Maybe we should go talk to so-and-so manager. That's a completely different conversation than what normally happens in our veterinary hospital. Usually, doctor flips out of control, gets all really angry, and then we have all the team members going, can you believe it? Oh my God, such a jerk. I know. Like, they have such an attitude problem. They really need to check it. And so instead of confronting that person in a healthy manner because of high emotional intelligence, we instead go ahead and gossip because we don't know what else to do. And that is the reality. So it is very important that we pay attention to our feelings and how we process it because we can use these emotions to guide our behavior now but also in the future. So now that we've talked about emotional intelligence, let's get back to the title of this podcast. Your shitty behavior isn't who you are. So I'm tired of hearing, oh, it's just who I am. Your behavior does not give you permission for maladaptive behaviors that you are doing. And this is really important because one of the things that I see in people who are struggling with emotional intelligence is they like to blame others. They burn out and then they blame everyone else. And this is one of those life lessons for me. Having been a survivor of burnout now at least three times in my career, I can tell you that my younger years I would burn out 
I would get very crispy. I would take on more and more things. I'd say yes to the on-call shifts. I would say yes to staying late. I would say yes to projects. I would absolutely go above and beyond. And then I would get burned out. And I would start saying things in my head like, this hospital doesn't deserve me. I don't get paid enough. Are you serious right now? I'm not putting up with this crap. And then I would probably go ahead and quit. And at the end of one of my jobs, I left that hospital thinking, this was the worst hospital ever. I was completely burned out. Didn't they see how stressed I was? No, they didn't. And so the reality is, is how I process stress and how I manage stress is very different than everyone else. And this is the key to emotional intelligence. Your shitty behavior isn't just who you are. That's not a thing. You have the ability to control your behavior at all times. And so looking back at my behavior, I wish I had paused, recognized my own stress, emotional intelligence, gone to my manager and said, hey, I can't keep being the one to take on all the on-call shifts and constantly coming in every time someone calls out emotional intelligence. I also wish I recognized that I was really getting quite crispy and angry where I went to my manager and said, hey, maybe I need a little bit more time off. And is there any way that I can take time off without paid? I've been here for a decade now and I would like to go ahead and utilize more than my PTO. Like I'm asking for a couple days or can I change my schedule or can I maybe not have to stay late as possible? Because the chances are if I don't get those things, guess what? I'm going to end up leaving you. But I didn't ask for help. I just assumed everyone else saw my level of stress and assumed they could see how hard I was working. No, they cannot. Being in a leadership position now, it's hard for me to understand when an employee is stressed out. I need them to communicate with me. And that is, guess what it is, guys? emotional intelligence. And so I don't get the right to belittle, berate, get angry, throw things, curse, scream, hysterically cry at others because of my behavior. No one gets that right to do that. I need to be able to control my emotions at all time. You as a human being are 100% responsible for everything that you do behaviorally. 100, 100%. Once you realize that, then you can take ownership of it. And honestly, it's the most freeing thing. It is so freeing to realize what you have in control. You have a voice. You can be your own advocate. You can say to your employer, I need to set boundaries and here are my boundaries. Now, if your employer refuses to listen to those boundaries, you need to make a decision whether or not they deserve you or not, right? You have the ability to be a very emotionally intelligent individual that is purposely always striving for your own happiness, for your own st as stress-free life as you possibly can. Honestly, if I had known these tools and resources in my much younger 20s, I would have been a much happier person. I just thought that my happiness and my emotions actually was the responsibility of other people. And I blamed others for making me miserable when in reality, I was the person making myself miserable. That's a hard one to stomach. It's a hard one to say. I was the problem for my own burnout. I was the problem for every time I was negative and I was at fault for every time I was upset and angry. It is me who, do, who did those behaviors. Nobody else made me do those behaviors. And once we recognize that, you get 100% of the power to do whatever you want behaviorally. 
No one else has that control. And that is actually very powerful. When you realize that you get all the power, then you get to do whatever you want with that power. Nobody's making you do anything except for you. And so because of that, I've become a much better human being in the sense that I advocate for myself. I know my boundaries now. And I'm not perfect. There are times where I get really crispy. There's definitely, hey guys, I'm going to be frank with you. In the last year, I've not been great with my boundaries. And as such, way too much stuff piled on my plate. As such, I have been very unhappy, but here's the thing. I recognized what I did. I did not blame anyone else. <laughs> My shitty behavior was solely mine to own, and I recognized what I need to do to get myself in a much better place by taking things off of my plate. I definitely got a little bit overwhelmed with all the opportunities, which were amazing, but I may have said yes to way too many things. So it's on me. I'm going to totally 100% own that. But I've also recently had the opportunity to say no to many things. I've had people ask me, can you be the chair of this committee? And my answer to that is no, I need to take care of myself. I'm swimming just above the waterline right now. Amy, can you do this conference? No, I cannot. I can't because unfortunately, again, I'm barely able to breathe right now. But this is important. And for me, this was a good life lesson. I actually thought I was at a point where I wasn't going to avoid my boundaries, but I did. I avoided my own boundaries. I'm going to take full responsibility of that. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to make sure I don't do it again. I hope this helps you in your own journey. But more importantly, if you have someone who's struggling with their own emotions, I feel free to have them listen to this podcast. Let's get them tools and resources. I hope your emotional intelligence journey doesn't stop here. We have to own our own behavior. We can't give permission for our maladaptive behaviors and say it's because of everyone else. Actually, it's because of us. And so once we realize that, again, you it, it's honestly the most freeing and powerful thing that you can realize as a human being. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being the amazing unicorns you are. And please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vettteamtraining.com.